in the North Dakota where most people thought Canada started. Not really knowing where North Dakota was. I didn't really know either. Packed up my car, 2001 Honda Accord, sweet little vehicle. Only thing I can guarantee you that made it into that car was a TV, an Xbox, and my blow-up mattress. I was a little bit of a nomad in my first couple years here, and having a blow-up mattress, I tell you, allows you to move from place to place pretty quickly. In other words, I was a bum. Um, as I arrived in the Grand Forks, got through Montana, west side of uh, North Dakota, and like, dang, this, this is beautiful. And about Bismarck, whew, it all flattened out. I was like, did I make the right choice coming out here? <laughs> and then the first winter hit. What have I done? What did I do? All joking aside, came out here, did my schooling, uh, became a flight instructor for the University of North Dakota, and have been working there for the last 12 years and doing that um, up to this point. Joined this church probably 12 or 13 years ago. And as Pat said, I've worn many hats. Really loved my time here. Serving in Awanas for up to 12 to 13 years. Sound team for about the same amount of time. Partnered with my wife, as he said, to run the children's ministry. Um, and then joining the leadership team the last couple of years as well. So the pastors asked me to share... One final sermon. My wife joked with me this morning, <laughs> am I going to need to bring you up a box of tissues? <laughs> if you've ever heard me talk, you know I talk from the heart. But one of the things I debated was what to talk about. There's so much to talk about with my time here? Do I talk about the move? Do I talk about a life verse that, that I've used my in, in my life? But just after talking with some people, talking with Pat, kind of just came down on what are the things that I've learned and how has God helped me grow during my time here at Cottonwood? The Israelites... When they were wandering through the desert, God delivered them many times in miraculous ways. And one of the things that they did is they erected monuments or markers. So when they, in the future, would come back to these places, they would be able to look at these monuments and remember God's faithfulness and what He did in their life. And if you know their culture... It wasn't limited to monuments and markers. It was, it was a way of life for them in their feasts, in their celebration. It was all about remembering God's goodness and God's faithfulness in their life. Kind of the theme, theme verse for today, Psalms 143.5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you've done. I ponder the work of your hands. And just like the Israelites, when I think back at my time here in Grand Forks, 
here with you all, my community. There are going to be moments and events that are like monuments or markers in my life that help shape who I am today and that I will remember. And we'll go through, I have five markers, monuments that have stuck out the most to me. But I want to say something. The reason I share this today is not to point to myself and how great I am. If you know me intimately, you know that I am broken. Just as we all are, we need Jesus in our lives. I want today to speak to God's glory, His redemptive power, His mercy, His patience, and what He can do in each of our lives if we choose to trust Him. So, the first marker, this first monument that I will definitely remember. Early in my years here, David Dunham was gracious enough to let me live in his house during my nomad years with my blow-up mattress. And it was a great time, young professionals, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of jokes. But the one thing that stuck out to me that kind of changed a part of me was this idea to develop a servant's heart, a servant's attitude. One of the rules living in David Dunham's house was that you were to be involved in church. You were to serve in one area or another if you were going to live there. I was already a a part of the church and, and didn't think too much of it. But as I reflect back principle, it really helped change my heart for what life is about, not only within the church, but outside of the church. Matthew 20, 26 through 28, the greatest example of servitude. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And why this impacted me so much, this rule within the house, is it wasn't just a rule. I also saw this played out in David's life. Someone who's always at a drop of a hat, willing to help, whether it be borrowing a tool, or giving his time. He is very quick. And one example to me, it was... Service to others is a great witnessing tool that we have. As Christ himself washed the feet 
of his own disciples, seemingly flipping the order of their society on its head, a master and a rabbi doing the unthinkable, cleaning garbage off of his own disciples' feet, is the greatest example of love and servitude that we have. Putting others' needs ahead of our own is how we can be the literal hands and feet of Jesus. That was marker one. Second marker. During my time here at Cottonwood, I experienced some of the most life-changing conversations that I've had. And it really taught me, and as I in the future think back on this, the importance of needing to connect. Typically, for me, this happened uh, either in the locker room before a basketball game with, with all these pickup games I used to play with, with men in this, in this church, or morning coffee. But the verse that came to mind, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. I learned as a church body, we need to spend time and connect with other believers based off what God through that has done in my life. Helps with connection. For me, it really helped with accountability. Helps us not to feel alone in our daily lives. And helps us to develop a love for each other. This world does a lot of things to us. But one thing I know that is trying to destroy us, the church, divide us. So we need to make sure to stay strong in each other. Most importantly in the Lord, but connecting with each other to stay strong in these times. These conversations that took place with these men are so special to me and have played a significant role in shaping my heart, my life. It is just amazing to see how God has used this idea of connection to mold me into who I am today, and I will cherish them the rest of my life. Marker 3. Learning to trust in the Lord. I think that's the basis of what following Christ is, is learning to trust in Him. But I don't think, I, I know I don't think, I know that I had really never had moments in my life, and I don't, I don't know who can relate, but to truly trust in the Lord for what we need. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. With this move, as we kind of prayed about it and prepared for it to, to step away, this, the events that led up to this moment it have been just amazing how God has worked in it. From the very beginning to where this opportunity came up, 
professionally it made sense, but then really focusing and praying on what we were leaving behind, the community. People asking us, are you crazy? Are you you're gonna take four children at this age across the country and go do this thing? Are you crazy? As I thought about the community that we built. From the support during the rough times to the meals that were so faithfully delivered each time we had a kid to those that would come around us when we would have our struggles, the wisdom that we gained, all this thing. You would really leave that community and take your family across the nation over to the state of Virginia, away from this, away from family. Really? What do you do with that? And we prayed and prayed and just got to the point. God, our life is in your hands. Holding these events, holding our family, holding my children with open hands, open arms, saying, God, you need to work this. If this is your will, move in a way. Show us what your will is. And I really have never had that kind of experience before. And what an amazing thing God has worked through this situation to show us what it means to truly count on Him and rely on Him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So we get to the fourth marker. Learning to love Christ more deeply. The relationship that I had with Him prior to coming here, coming to Cottonwood, the life experiences I've had in the last 12, 13 years, God working my life from my marriage to my relationships to the small groups to the one-on-one discipleship moments has led me to developing a deeper relationship with the Lord. One verse that's always stuck out, Jeremiah 9, 23, 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, boast in this, this is the most important piece, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Growing up in a church, loving history, loving science, loving knowledge, I had a foundation. I had knowledge of God. I understood generally who He was. I understood who Christ was. Christ claimed to be. But when we look at this verse, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. 
Knowledge is not enough. Knowledge of God is not enough. If you want proof of this, look, at, look through the Bible. Look in the Old Testament. As God drew back time and time again, His people over and over and over again, His abundant patience, forgiving them over and over again. He didn't want their heads. He didn't want their brains. He wants your heart, is what He wants. And that is, through my time here, developing and understanding that. The saying goes, it's, it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. The one-on-one -on -one daily walk with the Lord is what He wants and how we tap into Him to live the life and lead the life that He wants us to lead. So the fifth marker. We had some tough times while we were here. One of the things that we've learned through those tough times, as I kind of circle back to the original thought, is learning to remember. Once again, Psalm 143.5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. So, this is my journal. I've fallen off the wagon many, many times. So this is not to show how I am faithful in journaling, prayer requests, and all those things. But one of the things that I've tried to make a habit of doing is writing down prayer requests. And on this page, there's about 25 of them. And as I hear of them, I think of them, I write them down, and then when those prayer requests are answered, I just put a check mark by them. It helped keep me track, help, help me keep track of those prayers and reminding me of the times that God has been faithful and has been a reminder of his goodness to us during those tough times. We had one of those tough times, many tough, a couple tough times, um, is the way our pregnancies went. We had multiple miscarriages. We would have a miscarriage followed by a baby, miscarriage followed by a baby, miscarriage followed by a baby. And that was the trend. And in those times of the darkness and despair, it was these type of reminders that we need to have in our life to remind us in those darkest moments of His true faithfulness to us. In those times of doubt, going back through and remembering that God 
is there and was there. And he has come through. It reminds us that he will always be there and always be faithful. And something that's even more beautiful than that. It's not just he allows us to get through those things and and work our way through the mourning process by remembering his greatness and his faithfulness and his goodness. He's able to change it into something that seemingly is hard to get through. It's awful, but he turns it into something that's beautiful. You could ask my wife, you can talk to me about it. It might sound awkward or weird, but we would not change anything about those miscarriages. I could not come to that on my own. There is only one that can do that. It's not us becoming this intellectual being or seeing things more clearly. He helps you see His goodness in the pain. There is one that is faithful, that cares, that has been there with us through it all. And all we have to do is just remember. So these markers, all these five that are up here, are tools Sorry, that God uses in us. We are His tools. And not only as we go through life, we could share His amazing story. His amazing story of, of love, of sacrifice, of redemption but it forms our story that we can share with others. Being able through our story to give God the glory, to show how He works, how He's molded, how He's changed us. It's an opportunity to offer more proof to others that He exists. He is alive and He is working and He is active. These markers represent some of the largest lessons and growing experience that I've had in this church. The 13 plus years that I've been blessed to call you my family. You all, this church, this community, are a part of my story. And I, and we, my family, thank you and will forever be grateful. The worship band wants to come make their way back up. I would encourage you with all I've discussed today 
if you look back on your life and you haven't taken that step to put Christ at the throne of your life, if you look back and you don't see any check marks, all you see is hurt and pain and loss, broken promises, failures, I would encourage you to seek out the one who can change all that. He can change your perception of those events in your life. If you have never trusted the Lord, all it takes is admitting that you've sinned and understanding that you need someone to bear the weight of that sin. And that's what Jesus did. Inviting Jesus to sit at the throne of your life will change how you view your past and give you the ultimate hope of a future. Even in our failures, God is using them for our good, refining us, molding us, teaching us, reminding us that He is the source of life. Rely on Him and remember. So the worship team is about to sing a song that tells us about what God is able to do when we remember those things, His goodness, His faithfulness, His love for us, how He and only He is able to bring beauty from ashes, how He and only He can turn mourning into dancing, and how He and only He can turn literal graves into gardens. Let's pray and we'll sing. Lord, You are so good and You are so gracious to us and thank You for being exactly who You say You are. Loving us so dearly, being able to change our hearts, being able to show us your will, your promises, your goodness in our lives, to be able to change some of the darkest hours of our life into something that is beautiful. And Lord, only you can do that. As we move forward, I pray that you just bless this church. Continue to be, have them be a light in this community, to follow you as people are around these, um, this body, pray that they just feel your spirits and just feel you in this place. I thank you for the time that I've had here, the time that I've had to stand up here and speak from my heart and just pray that you'll bless this song, bless this time. You are so good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.